I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer at Mavs.com. You trying to start something, Isaac Harris? <laughs> Nick, do you, do you respect me? Do you like me? Is that is that a thing? Uh, no, quick. Two things right off the bat before we dive into this marvelous victory. <laughs> As you can tell, what a what a what a difference in the tone of our voices after a fifty point win uh, compared to when they lose and we're like, "Welcome <laughs> to the." Uh, but two things right off the bat: happy birthday to my lovely, beautiful wife. Oh, uh, it is her birthday today, and uh, she listens to this podcast uh, every once in a while. She'll text me and be like, "Ha ha, that was funny. Something Nick said, or whatever it is." <laughs> and uh, I'm like, "Oh, cool. You listen today," uh, and then. <laughs> Two, uh, tonight or the Jazz game, uh, we're recording this at like 1, one o'clock in the morning Eastern time. Uh, so, But uh, tonight was the C for Soldiers night. And, man, I, I know we shout out to our veterans uh, the other day on the pod, but it, this is literally my favorite, my favorite, favorite, favorite night yeah, uh, game great. of the entire season. Was W there? And he was not. Oh. No. He, he, yeah, he's been, been here in the past, but... <laughs> Man, they, yeah, it's a whole, like, some people think it's just during the game, but the Mavericks start, like, early that morning, and they uh, pick up a bunch of wounded uh, vets um, back in San Antonio and fly them up to to Dallas, and they, Nick and Sam is a a sponsor to it, and they, so they eat, and then they come to the game, and they surround the whole, uh, around the whole court, and it's just a whole night kind of, uh, centered around them and really when you dive into the stats it's crazy this is the 14th year of the stats of the Mavericks on those nights it's like historically great it's like they feed off this energy and I feel like last year I can remember Carla talking about it and Carla actually mentioned it tonight that uh, after the game that he said man it's just something about the, the those guys and uh, surround the court that it, they feed off that energy they're 12 and 2 in seats for soldiers nights 12 and 2. So yeah, it's just it's just a whole different atmosphere and so cool to see them there to be able to honor them. I mean, it's it's a small small gesture uh to what they've uh given to this country and their time and service. And so anyway, it's a really really cool night and hats off for the Mavs of uh doing this every year. But yeah, and so if you if you've never gone and if you've uh can't really tell from the broadcast, which I guess you can a little bit uh, the season ticket holders that are sitting, that are basically sitting courtside, all give up their tickets. All of them give up their tickets uh, for this one specific night to you know to a bunch of veterans and uh, you know people in the military, and they all come in their full uniform and everything, and they sit all along the the uh, the you know the court, and so it's just really awesome. So anytime somebody's flying into the court, like or flying off the court, like when JJ got that technical and he flew over the seats, there's like you know soldiers flying every, <laughs> you know, there's just uh, a whole bunch of them, and then uh, and then afterwards, the players come out and they sign autographs and they talk to them. And and after the game, Harrison Barnes caught up with, uh, or I guess Jeff Skin Wade caught up with with Harrison Barnes, and he said, you know, we like to give them more than just a you know a jumbotron, you know, 
you know, standing ovation or jumbotron shout out. We actually like to go in and he used the word interface <laughs> like to go interface with them and, and talk to them. And, you know, he said that that, that to him, you know, makes it more than just like, you know, like a, a non-personal kind of thing. So they actually, they take this seriously. They do. And they, they love it. They feed off of it and shout out to the soldier who threw down the dunk. In How about the middle that? Of, in, in it almost like went when, really bad. <laughs> yeah. But he, yeah, the, they had, you know, they had soldiers that played the Whataburger fry game, and uh, that guy won Whataburger for a year, hit the oh. last fry, it was awesome. And then, I started yeah, counting this, that last year. I think I got to like six. <laughs> and this guy uh, this guy threw it down. It was so cool it, to see the soldier. He went in and dunked it with wearing his like boots and stuff, and then he fell down, and the whole Mavericks team went over. It was like DeAndre, even Dirk in his suit, and Harrison Barnes and them were like picking him up and pushing him and hollering, like pumping him up. And it, it's just, it's such a, such a fun night. I can't stress how much it's my favorite night of the entire year of the season. Yeah, it's a great night. And man, what a great win to, to throw on top of that. The Mavericks win. Let me, let me make sure I get this score right 118 to 68. A 50 point win for the Dallas Mavericks. Um, it's the for for the Jazz. It's their worst margin of defeat in any game, regular season or playoffs, since the franchise moved to Utah. Wow. The, the New Orleans Jazz lost a 56 point game. Uh, to Milwaukee in 1979. And I'm pretty sure Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was on the Bucks at that point. <laughs> at that point. Wow. I'm pretty sure. I actually could be wrong about that. Um, because he was in he was on the Lakers in 80. Anyway. Um, man. And then 22 points in the second half for the Jazz. That's a Mavericks record low for any opponent ever. <laughs> um the Mavericks bench tonight. Uh, we had some. I had a couple questions on Twitter. One of them was from uh, Lewis Fur, and he asked, "How many points did the be- Dallas bench score versus Utah versus Utah's whole team?" The Mavericks bench scored sixty six points. Wow! Utah as a team scored sixty eight points. <laughs> That's insane, dude. <laughs> That's wild. Um, I brought some so uh, some friends came tonight uh so i have some friends that did the mavs 5k and they got oh, yeah. the they got the ticket vouchers okay and you're gonna laugh at this they got the ticket vouchers so they could redeem them for a for uh these random select games well a few weeks ago one of those games was the knicks game oh and they they thought about it and they're like oh we're gonna go and then last moment we're like no we're not gonna go we're gonna wait for this jazz game coming up in a few weeks so then today they're like, we're going tonight. And so I, you know, three, three, uh, three of my friends said, we're going tonight. We're going to this game. And I'm like, what a game for y'all to yeah, go shout to. Shout out to their judgment. <laughs> Cause like that Knicks game, what a polar opposite game uh, compared Seriously. to this game tonight was just incredible all the way around. Fun night. It was insane. This is the first game. The Mavericks have won every single quarter in a game this season. Wow. They uh, against OKC. They tied in the third quarter, but they won all the other all the other quarters in that game. Um, this is a stat from Mike Peasley um, from ESPN, and I couldn't believe it. Dallas turned the ball over twenty times tonight, which is a lot. Like that's a lot of turnovers. Utah. Guess how many points Utah scored off of twenty turnovers? How much? I told you to guess. Just oh. throw out a number. I thought you. Just, um, let's just say twenty points. Three. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> Three points. I could not believe that stat. <laughs> that is how not to capitalize. <laughs> Three points off turnovers. And there's 20 turnovers. Like, 20 turnovers is a lot. Like, a coach, if they lost this game, that you'd point to that and be like, oh, we turned the ball over too much. And, you know. Man. That's insane. Yeah, the Jazz turned the ball over 21 times. There's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of crazy stats uh, from this entire game. Three point percentage for both teams. Uh, I mean, Dallas shot 42% from three, uh, which they were uh, from three. Dallas was 12 for 28. Pretty solid. I mean, pretty good. Um, Utah. Six. No. Yeah. Six for 35. They shot 17. There were six for 35 from three. They shot 17%. Six of 35 is what I would get if I was just out there, like, shooting with nobody on me, like shooting NBA threes. I think six for 35 is what I would end up getting. Jay Crowder was uh, one for nine from three. Shot nine three-pointers, Jay Crowder. (laughs) Um, Grayson Allen was one for five, but, I mean, yeah, he played some, like, garbage time. Gosh, Grayson Allen, get out of here. Can't stand that guy. Players, I gotta as someone I gotta form a starting five of players that I enjoy the most uh, when the Mavericks score on them, and I I know I know the starting backcourt is we Austin Ri- Austin Rivers and Grayson Allen. Oh, they're both from Duke. Oh, surprise! No way. I actually don't mind JJ Redick. I like him, um, and I stand for Jabari. Get out of here. And I like Ingram. Whatever. Um, Austin Rivers Ingram's and Grayson barely Allen. Barely a Duke player. That's true. Kyrie was barely a dirt but two yeah. player. Um, but no, yeah. Grayson Allen's like halfway push on Dwight Powell. What are you doing, bro? Don't start this crap. Just like, why? Just why? Get out of here. Being Grayson Allen. It's like he's trying to push off to like run somewhere else, but still. like <laughs> It's different when Joe Ingles does it. And but All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the turning point in this game. All right, Isaac. So... To me, I think the turning point was this. So Dallas, it was they were shooting very well to start the game. And Utah was not shooting that well. Uh, in the second quarter, it was 52-43. to 43. So a nine-point game. It's a sizable lead. Um, it had gone pretty much back and forth since then. Or, or, you know, Up until that point, the Jazz led most of the first quarter. The bench for the Mavericks came in, and they, they took the lead, as they always do. And then they kept it. The starters came back in a little bit, and they, they lost it. Gained a little bit. Uh, so it's a nine-point game. DeAndre gets called for a tech. Luka gets called for a tech. After that moment, after Luka's tech, the Mavericks went on a 66-25 to run. That that entire moment, like it was starting to just get frustrating. Uh, there was a lot of um, emotions in that those whole sequences. It was a foul on, I think, Dwight Powell uh, on Rudy Gobert. DeAndre Jordan was on the bench, started barking at the refs and stuff. I'm going to make this observation. I felt like DeAndre and the team made a point tonight to try to show their unity. And that when that even happened, those emotions that, that took place and the DeAndre one happened first, he just, he wouldn't, he wouldn't back down. He was on the bench towel and everything. He kept on, kept on barking, kept on, kept on. And then it's like, they started to shoot the free throw and the ref just had enough, called the tech. 
The crowd was pumped, all this stuff. They shoot the free throws, come back down. Lucas called for a walk. And then Lucas, so, like everybody's so hyped up with his energy. Luca comes down, throws, throws the air fist, says his choice He's words. Fork that shirt. <laughs> uh, and, you know, he gets, te- he gets a tech. And everybody's just going nuts at that point. Everybody's just super hyped and so many techs. And which, okay, if y'all been listening to this pod. Yep. We talked about it not yep. so long ago. We Things talked about it before could, the Phil that could bring, special that could bring bring uh, energy to this team. And we talked about Rick Carlisle being a one to get like a double tech ejection and how much energy that brings. And seeing DeAndre and then Luca back to back, it just it did. It brought a sense of energy and excitement to the team, and they just built off of that. Yeah, and JJ Bray completely agrees with you. Uh, we got a couple quotes from JJ Barea. This first one, let's do the one where he talks about uh, how the technicals helped put energy into the team because this is coming from an actual player. So let's hear from JJ. Yeah, I think that I told DJ we need we need some of that sometimes. You know, uh, that's energy that we need, and we can't have it all the time. Lose focus on the rest, but occasions like that, I think it was good that we that he did it, and we and we all I think off the bench were kind of going crazy, and I think we helped us out in the second half. I like that he says sometimes we need stuff, stuff like that. Like sometimes we need that, you know, because you think you think about technical fouls and you think about fouls in general and you're like, oh, you should avoid those. you know. But like sometimes you just need that jolt of something. And in basketball, there's these little built-in moments where you can push energy or you can bring energy from something or you can, you can spark a team or, you know, galvanize a team together. And technical fouls sometimes are just that kind of thing where there's energy, there's noise there's loudness you know there's just all like the energy literally comes from uh the booing like the crowd booing when the, you get a you know player gets called a technical and the players all around like jj mentioned that the players on the bench are all going crazy and and that ha- that helps that helps to get all your team together and it's kind of the thing where it, this is a classic television classic cartoon like trope where two sides don't like each other and there's somebody leading the whole thing or there's somebody over it and they try they try to get the two sides to galvanize and join together and not that the Mavericks are on two sides but they're all you know they're kind of doing their own thing we've we've talked about that this entire season they've all been kind of trying to do their own thing so they're all all over the place and in in the classic you know storyline the the person that's in charge the person that's over them turns all of them against himself or herself and does something crazy, like puts crazy rules on the situation, or something happens, does something like really dumb on purpose. They all band together against the person, and then they all are all of a sudden like unified, and they can go and accomplish whatever they need to accomplish. And I feel like that happens. Not that the refs do it on purpose, but that the team does it to themselves. <laughs> you know, the, the team yeah. recognizes that they do it to themselves, and they galvanize together against a common, you know, against a common enemy, which happens to be the refs. <laughs> And then obviously they're playing against another team. So it, it galvanizes them together. They, they all come together and then they, you know, go out. And like you said, they made a point to try and do that. And so they're already consciously thinking about, you know, we need to band together. We need to, you know, join together and do this. And, and there's like did. this me against the world mentality yes. of like the refs and the jazz and like blah, blah, blah. And you saw that carry over into the favors JJ play. And favors kind of hip check JJ into the first row. J 
JJ fell into the stands. Like literally with his hip. No arms or anything. His arms to his side and literally just comes up and boom, throws a hip. And and Derek Favors is a big dude. Derek Favors is like 6'10". He's probably 2, I don't know, 230, 220. Just like a big guy. And hip checks JJ Barea, who's 5'9", you know, a buck 40 soaking wet. <laughs> right, like, right beside the Mavericks bench. Uh, the player I, I, players stood up. I tweeted like, a gif, and you can see Dirk's face. <laughs> you can see Dirk's face when he gets hip checked, and Dirk's like, "Oh no, uh-huh. no!" It's so funny. But like that—that's another thing. Like, I mean, Devin Harris and 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 Finney Smith and those guys—they started mouthing off, and people had to be separated, and all this different stuff. Like the team, uh, Jamal Mosley was out there pulling players back, making sure players were on stand on the bench. It's just they seemed unified in that, and they were fighting to, and together. They it felt like they reviewed it forever. Favors got a tech, and then to everybody's surprise, JJ Barea got a tech. And uh, which obviously we know now that JJ, you know, said that he had said something uh, back that he's like, oh, he said something, then I said something. Yeah, wait, and- let's let's hear from JJ. Let's hear from JJ on his technical because it's it's pretty funny to hear from him. I said something to I was trying to get back in the court and they they said something to me. I said something back and I got a tech. It's bad tech though. Like I'm probably hopefully I get it back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that he says hopefully I'll get it back because they get fined. You get I think you get fined like isn't it fifteen thousand dollars every time you get a tech? I can't remember what it is. I think it's yeah, something like that. Fined. But yeah, I think that <laughs> I think he's gonna get that money back. Because like I'll, when would he have time to <laughs> like in the in the air? Did he say something in the air? Like it's probably something that just happened after after the that took place and I was actually it's kind of a cooler moment I was actually walking down to uh, the tunnel or when they come to the tunnel and uh, Berea's wife and little girl is walking right beside me and uh, obviously I, I knew that because not very many people look like JJ Berea's wife uh, uh, walking among in the world uh, in the universe <laughs> in oh, the wait. universe <laughs> um, she, so was, anyways, she was Miss Universe and she stands right in front of me I actually posted a video of it on Twitter and uh JJ Barrett comes to the tunnel and he I, he had other family there at look and he walks right over to her and they like have this cool embrace and he's laughing and it, it's just cool it, it I I personally have a soft spot for seeing like families and marriages and stuff in professional sports because it's really cool to see that but um oh but with, what I just said oh shut up Nick um. <laughs> So yeah, the team together, uh, J- JJ, uh, really the bench unit. It felt like the bench unit played forever tonight. I know they. The, well, I mean, they, they, here's they the, the minute distribution was insane tonight. Here's the the starters minutes. Uh, most Harrison Barnes twenty six and a half minutes. Second most Luca twenty five minutes. Then DeAndre Jordan with twenty two and a half minutes. Uh, Dennis only played just just under twenty two minutes. Wes played 22 and a half minutes or 20, 20 and a half minutes, but he went out, he was holding his hamstring, but there's, you know, a report after Carlisle said he didn't think it was too serious. Uh, he, he just said he will be looked at tomorrow. Yeah. He didn't think it was too serious, but it is worth noting that when Wes left, he went directly to the locker room and well, it was the I same hamstring that he missed. He missed the last game for. I never saw him on the bench again. I would be, uh, I would be shocked if he plays on Saturday. Hmm. It is a couple couple days away though, couple days away. But still, I I would be I would be surprised. Yeah. So um, the other quite, the other thing we need to update um, 
people are, are seeing all over the place. Luka Doncic received x-rays after the game per pretty much everyone. <laughs> um, and per Brad Townsend, it was a left shoulder. Luka says it's sore, but he thinks that it's okay. So, and Carlisle thinks that he's all good via Tim Cato. So, um, yeah, that happened. Uh, I had a couple people I mentioned like, what the heck? Luca's getting x-rays? It's just such an ominous thing to say, like, well, our star player is getting x-rays. Well, two things that came from that. We were walking after Rick Carlisle's press conference to the locker room, and um, and Luca walks out of the locker room already in street clothes with a member of, uh, of the staff. He walks right past us. He looked like he was in good spirits. He was walking just fine. So I knew it wasn't a leg or knee or anything yeah. like that. And my whole thing was I thought it was a shoulder because if you looked at him during the game on the bench – he had this huge ice wrap on his left shoulder. So that's you see it on knees a lot, yeah. but you don't see it really on shoulders just sitting on the bench. So I just assumed it was something with that, but I didn't obviously I didn't know what it was like the extent of that and all that. But um hopefully he's good uh, for Golden State. I want to read this stat before I uh, forget it. Tim McMahon just just tweeted this defensive stat out and he says Statistical impact of the Jazz's 68-point dud in Dallas. Dud. The Mavs jumped from 22nd to 9th in defensive rating. (laughs) Yeah. And the Jazz plummeted from 10th to 20th in offensive rating. This is going to skew so many defensive stats for the Mavericks, this one crazy game. And here's the only thing. Take it for what it is, but Rick Carlisle made a very point if you see the full audio of his post-game press conference, he said multiple times, we just got to throw this game out. Like, you just throw this game out. He even said the line, and I almost tweeted it out. I typed this up and then deleted the, <laughs> deleted the draft um, because I just didn't want I didn't want to be taken in a negative way. But I don't know. It was just weird that he said it. But he said, we're not this good of a team, and the Jazz are not this bad of a team. And I almost tweeted that line out, and but I just took it off because I was like, I don't want people to think that Rick was being like negative about the game. And it's okay, someone else did. <laughs> oh, did they? Oh yeah. Okay, and so so anyway, yeah, like he he was being very clear that hey, this is just an outlier. Like this is a this is just a one game. Like let's just throw this game behind us. He almost treated it like a blowout loss. It was. It was kind of interesting. Well, if you um, if you look at the the minute distribution for the like for the Jazz, like the first the fourth quarter, like Ekpeudu played all all twelve minutes in the fourth quarter. Like they like they literally didn't play anybody. <laughs> um, Donovan Mitchell, I think, played like one minute in the fourth quarter. Uh, the other dang. starter, the only other starter that played in the fourth quarter was Derek Favors. He played like two minutes. <laughs> so they just they they Quinn Snyder came out and he said. Um, he said that at some point we stopped competing in this game, which is completely obvious. He scored 13 points, and their their points gradually just went down each quarter. First quarter, 24 points. Second quarter, 22 points. Third quarter, 13 points. Fourth quarter, 9 points. Uh, so at some point you did stop competing because he just, he just it just completely bottomed out. Guys, they they scored 21 points in the second half. Yeah, 22. That's, that's, or 22. That's wild. That, that's unbelievable I, I like the last time i really looked at the scores they had 61 points with like eight minutes to go in, in the fourth and i'm like Te- team score 44 <laughs> points in a quarter 
I was gonna say, didn't the Warriors have like eighty something at halftime the other, the the other night? It felt like and they didn't sniff that. Like they had, yeah. It was and just this is a good team. Yeah, it was a weird, weird game all around. The Luca play on Rudy Gobert, the fake. I mean, oh, so good. It, it's he's so he's so fun to watch. He had that. He it seemed like he had a different energy tonight. He had a he had a little bit more oomph in his step, and like you saw in his attitude, you saw in his just confidence. And that last three before halftime, oh. I mean, it was just that's, hey, <laughs> Joe that's, Ingles. Here that's you go. ultimate Luca. And uh, when we come back, let's talk about ultimate Luca. So that that sequence, I I honestly came home. I was working tonight. I came home, turned it on, and Luca got called for a tech. I saw him, you know, pump his fist in the air, and then after that, you know, a couple possessions, and then Luca hits the shot against Joe Ingles. He he literally sizes him up. He's about to call for. I think he tries to call for a screen, and but then like kind of waves it off from Dwight Powell. Drives just slightly to his right, like kind of just lists to his right. And jabs step back from like 25 feet, maybe maybe closer to 30 feet. Fade away, swish like literally nothing but net. As the buzzer, you know, like point. I think there's 0.5 seconds left, and Dante Exum, you know, drives down the court and doesn't get his shot off in time. Luca has this thing, and I described it as this on Twitter. I'm going to again. He has this thing. It's like the Avatar state. Isaac, have you ever watched Avatar The Last Airbender? No. You like this show. I don't. It's a fantastic show. It's a great show. It's probably one of my, my favorite shows ever. I don't do cartoons outside of 90s X-Men. You just... A blanket? You don't do cartoons at all? Like... No. I mean, there, yeah, there's some... I mean, I like Aladdin and like... I like some like <laughs> old school. I like Mulan. Oh, you're like out on all cartoons. I thought this was just like cartoon TV shows. You're like out on all cartoons. No, like I don't really do cartoon TV shows. So like Cartoon Network doesn't do anything for you? I mean, I don't leave it on. Like I, I liked Ed, Ed, and Eddie as a kid. You would. <laughs> um, but in, in the show Avatar The Last Airbender. So he's the, the whole idea, the whole concept of the show is he's the Avatar. He Every, you know, every time the avatar dies he gets reincarnated into another person there's four different groups there's the airbenders there's a firebenders waterbenders and earthbenders the avatar can control all the different elements where each tribe they can each people group they only have certain people that can control one element but he's the only person in the world that can control all of them when he when the avatar is in a in a position where he's backed up against the wall where everything is going against him and he just he needs to get out of a situation. There's like it just looks like impossible. It looks like nothing can happen, or he's like almost gonna die. <laughs> There's been times when when he's like almost gonna die, and then this happens where with with in the Avatar state, his eyes start glowing, and then he goes into this crazy like out of body experience where he has this like this powerful you know bending comes out of him, and he does just wild crazy things. Like he defeats the entire fleet of fire fire nation ships with like this this crazy move where he turns into this giant like water monster and just destroys all of them just 
And Luca does Luca it feels like Luca does this when things are when somebody like pokes at him or somebody comes at him or comes at his teammates. And it seemed like that moment sort of happened when like the texts were being thrown out and he like had his back up against the wall and then Joe Ingles, you know, had pushed him before in that that, that last game. And so it's like had these things coming at him and he's like, I'm just gonna do this. Like I'm just gonna take this and I'm gonna like rise to my highest state and just hit a crazy, insane shot and just get so hyped about it. It's like I don't even know how to compare it now because you went so far down that It's like the road. Avatar state. Yeah, let's just say it's like the Avatar state. I don't know what that state's about, but well I'm actually just I do to know, tell you what I, that state's about. Actually I do know all about the sh- all about the state now. Um no, it, it, yeah, just seeing I saw some people were talking about Lucas step back tonight and there's times where he sh- he does the step back and you're like, "Oh man, that yeah, seems like on. it's yeah. It's kind of like Steph when Steph like gets he shoots some of these shots, and like for most people, it's like, oh man, that's kind of that's forcing a bad it. shot, yeah. Yeah, and then like we we just haven't seen Luca long enough to just accept those air ball step backs. <laughs> that like I remember one tonight, it was just flat out air ball. But then like something like that, man, he just rides to occasion, he hits the shot. Not only does he hit the shot, but he turns around to the you know to the crowd right there, and he's like shaking his head and like like pumped up with them, and he's like, oh. This is it. This is our boy. This is the Wonder Boy. Um, I actually, I actually came up with a, a thing. I'm gonna start using. Uh, are you familiar with the Caribbean islands? Like the physical islands, like yes. I'm gonna the start Bahamas call- and stuff. Yes, and like all the like Saint Thomas and all that stuff. Well, there is a Saint Lucius Island, and I'm gonna start calling this the Saint Luca Island. Of when he gets people out and on these isolation plays and it's like, like welcome to my, welcome to my island and I'm going to uh, cook you. So uh, this whole I thought islands were reserved for like marginal players that people were out on. No, I think you can come. Welcome to uh, you can get out on an island when you're alone together. Whatever happened to Revis Island? That used to be a thing. That hey, that was a (laughs) that was a thing. What about Dorian Finney-Smith's putback dunk? How about Dorian Finney-Smith in general? Three for three from behind the line. Uh, behind the line. Uh, behind uh, the three-point line. He's shooting 45.8% on threes. Just incredible. I mean, we can't. Looks like he uh, well, did not okay. see this coming. Neither of us did. We didn't see it coming. This is what we wanted. Like, this is what everybody <laughs> yeah, wanted so yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, man. For like, years. Like, last year, this is what we thought was going to happen. And then this year. So happy for him, and it's just it's it's so cool to see uh, what he's doing. You know, if if Wes can't go on on uh, on Saturday, you know, Finney Smith will probably take on you know Kevin Durant or uh, or Clay. He's going to he one should. of them. He should take so, on Kevin Durant. It'll be Finney Smith or Barnes, and they'll probably rotate on Clay. And actually, Finney Smith will probably take Clay. And then it'll be Barnes on on Katie. You know it would be awesome from Dorian. <laughs> he's uh, just like guarding Durant or Durant. Durant's like backing him down. He goes, "Hey, so where are you going this summer?" <laughs> <laughs> or he just goes like, "Got any plans this summer?" Oh gosh, and then he gets like super mad. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, do I have any more stats? Uh, oh, Dallas Mavericks points allowed, points per game allowed. First nine games, hundred and sixteen point six. Last five games, 95.8. Wow. Under 100. 
Yeah. I mean, it felt like it was like three or four games ago when it was like, oh, it's the first opponent that they've held under 100 points. <laughs> and now, it, I mean, they've stepped up their game. And, I mean, opponent in the stepping up the defensive game, you see these opponent field goal percentage and three-point percentages go down. We have we talked about at the beginning of the season about how hopefully at some point these percentages will start evening out. Yes. And uh, and now they've kind of uh, gone the it, other way. Like it's not evening out. They've just like completely dropped. Like three point shooting against the Mavs has been you know, really bad recently in the last like five games or so. And it was super awesome to be season. So I don't know. It's not like they're going back to normal. It's just like they're adjusting and the basketball gods are like, all right, it's been so crazy on this side. We're gonna <laughs> send it all the way down to the bottom on this side. Yeah. All right, so uh, tomorrow I think let's get into uh, you know why we'll get into the why of like why this this you know changes happen, why the defense looks better and all that kind of stuff. So we'll get into that tomorrow, uh, but let's leave you guys with this from Carlisle after the game. He's asked by Tim Cato, our friend Tim Cato of the Athletic. He's asked, "Is this the best defensive performance? Is this your team's best defensive performance?" And uh, let's hear what Coach Carlisle has to say. This is your best defensive performance of the year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be an asshole. <laughs> uh, listen, listen it, it, it was great. <laughs> you gotta love it, man. That's so funny. Uh, yeah, uh, Tim put that up on a on a tee. Uh, but no, I actually want to give a shout out to Tim. I know, um, I know when I talked about the Deandre thing a few days ago and I said, there's only a couple people that I really like trust with that. Uh, I didn't mention Tim because Tim just now like started on the full-time beat and he deserves to be on that group. So yeah, it's like McMahon and Stein and like Eddie and Brad and them. And, uh, and Tim, Tim's in that group now because he is on that full-time beat that when he tweets out a story, I would trust that, um, with all of that. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer about that either. That that's an actual story. Like there was a lot of people trying to discredit Tim McMahon of ESPN and that, that whole story. Yeah. Like the you assistant want, coach, Daryl Armstrong. How much how much weight you want to put into that? It's really cool to see the team and stuff rally around that. And it looks like they brought unity. Uh, it brought a little bit of unity yeah, to the team tonight. Like I said earlier, they rallied around this, you know, going against the story of you know, that Tim McMahon put out. And by the way, we, we mentioned this yesterday, but the story was like it was a blurb. It's a blurb. It, it wasn't even a story. It, it wasn't even a report. Story. Yeah, yeah. It was just a blurb. I mean, it in was this a report. Ranking. It was a report, but it wasn't like a full yeah. report. Yeah, but I mean. To my knowledge, I didn't watch the jump today, but I had heard that Rachel Nichols and Jackie McMullen echoed that same stuff today on the on the jump about DeAndre uh, and the Mavericks and stuff. So I didn't see the jump. I just heard about that. But listen, don't waste time trying to discredit Tim. There is, yeah, when he tweets out something or he reports from something. Yes, there's. Uh, he's very very. To whatever well degree, it's true. You know. Yeah, I, to whatever degree, and look, hey. It obviously did something. Like if this if this is what happened to it and it rallied the team around it, heck, that's awesome. Also, <laughs> that's- there's something to be said about um when you're in like a boot camp situation and we did this thing in the school that I went to where it was like a week of, you know, sort of like it was it was based around the Navy SEALs like boot camp kind of thing. If you're doing a squat or if you're doing like a wall sit, 
and they go, can you get your back straighter or can you go lower? And, and if you like adjust it all, then they're like, well, you weren't doing it to the best of your ability because you adjusted in your mind. You're like, Oh, I should do better. Whereas, you know, if you couldn't have done better, you would already be in, you know, in the best posture possible or in the best squat position possible. And when something like this happens to a team and somebody points out a flaw or points out something that, you know, they're not doing to the best of their ability, like, you know, continuity or chemistry or anything, and you overcorrect, to me that says that there is something, you know? If you respond that much and it's kind of like their point that was pointed out and they just realized, like, oh, we got to, you know, we got to rally around this guy. Like, we, you know, we got to, yeah. we got to, you know, put up for our guy. And, like uh, there might be something we can't let this be an issue like everybody would be talking about. We got to show that we're going to be together as a team. And yeah, we don't know about stuff, stuff like that. So it, it was almost like they caught it being a being a thing. And yeah, and, and the Mavs were, you know all responded like, "Oh, this is not a thing." Uh, you don't want it bigger, to be a thing. <laughs> on a bigger picture note, as we as we end here, the Mavericks have won four of their last five yeah. games. And they started off really, really rough, and now they've won four of the last five. Two of those games was a seven-game uh, win streak by OKC. I know they didn't have Russell Westbrook, but that was an impressive win. They were on a seven-game, like you said, they were on a seven-game win streak. Not like and you know this Utah team had beat them twice before. A lot of people expected them to be a top-four team in the West this year. They just beat them by fifty. I did. And, I and now they roll into the Golden State game. They're obviously dealing with their own drama and stuff. Steph Curry will not be playing on Saturday uh, in that game. Golden State almost lost to the Hawks. In Dallas. And this game could really go one of two ways. They could either, you could look at this and say, man, this is the best way the Mavericks could walk into this game. Riding high, 50-point win, and like they're just playing super awesome. They're really together. And they ride that wave into Saturday night, and it's awesome. And that wave hits shore, and it is awesome and cool. There's also a a storyline, too, to where they come out super flat because they won by 50 points, and they think that they're just... They had a day off and, you know, a practice day, and then they play. Yeah, so... Today, as you're listening, is they don't have practice. They're going to practice on Friday, and then Saturday uh, is the game. So, and the Warriors play the Rockets on Thursday. So tonight, if you're listening to this on Thursday, they play them on Thursday on TNT. So that'll be that's probably a must-watch game for Mavs fans. You want to see what what state this Warriors team is in? Yeah, I mean Draymond. I think Toronto should be back for that game, right? Yeah, one game. And, so he's already he's already suspended for the Hawks game. So he, he should be back, man. What a weird matchup this is now. <laughs> you know, when you when the season first starts, you're like, "Oh, Golden State Rockets, it's going to be awesome. They're, you know, they're going to be back. We're going to see what Carmelo is, you know, going to bring to this team." And now it's like, "Well, the Rockets are awful and <laughs> Carmelo's gone." And They've been playing a little bit better here lately, Steph Rockets. is gone. Yeah, they're 6 and 7. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. uh Steph is not playing and this Draymond Kevin Durant thing and you're like, "Oh my gosh, this this it's like must-see TV now. Yeah. And it, it was at the beginning of the season, and now it's must-see TV for a different reason. So, all right, guys. Man, these ones are fun. It's it's fun to win like this. It's fun to, you know, poke fun. It's fun to it's fun to have uh, Dennis Smith Jr. score, like, what, nine points or seven points tonight, and you, you get a win? Yeah. I mean, really, three of the starters scored under ten points. DeAndre Jordan scored four points, and you won by 50. And there's a lot of it's just there's a lot of just crazy stats that come from this game. 
And shout out to Dwight Powell for being a plus 34. (laughs) (laughs) I tweeted out a picture. Plus 34 is like high common. And shout out to Dante Exum for being a minus 31. (laughs) Wow. How's that even possible? Are you still on the island? Are you still on the Derek Favors uh, was only a minus five, and they lost by 50. That's quite impressive, in my opinion. Wow. Minus five. Uh, in your 21 minutes, uh, do you read anything into the fact that the Mavericks won by 50 and Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, had the second to lowest plus minus? Yeah, I still think the starters, they kind of struggle. And he played most of his minutes in the first where you know where the, the team wasn't dominating yeah all right i don't have anything else to say that's it that's it we gotta end all right guys thanks so much for listening to lockdown maps peace out boom